This episode of Intergalactic Interviews is brought to you in part by Dressing Life's Wounds Clothing Company. Dressinglifeswounds.bigcartel.com. Raw, original streetwear. Check it out. Drugs, drugs, drugs. Which are good, which are bad. Drugs, drugs, drugs. Ask your mom or ask your dad. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Intergalactic Interviews, and I'm MD of the Boomsday Alliance. This is episode 28, and I'm sitting here with very talented comedian Ivan Decker. Hello. He totally bailed me out today because we had not one, but two reschedulings at the last minute, and who was available? Ivan Decker. The guy with no job. That's who's available. <laughs> Ivan is uh, one of the premier comics right now in Canada. He was recently named uh, top 30, under 30 Comic. Is that the right title? Is that what it is? Uh, it was like a split sider magazine review. They said uh, funniest comedian under 30 there you in go. Canada. But I was, I, it's one thing's opinion. I'm not too uh, married to the idea. I don't I didn't buy a t shirt and wear <laughs> it around. Do they hand out coffee mugs for this kind of I, award? I might get one made. We'll yeah. see. But, no. but after I'm 30, just so that like, I can be like, yeah, I lost the title, but I got the mug. <laughs> Still got the mug. Not <laughs> Not bragging. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, top It's a little 30. more humble. Uh, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. That's pretty good. We had a chance to catch up here while we were figuring out what the fuck was going on. I'm supposed to have Quasi Thomas on the show, and uh, I sound like, I don't know, you, you seem to think I sound better right now, but I, I have the most massive head cold going on, and so I probably sound really uh, sniffly and all this stuff, but uh, the reality is... Uh, I don't think this puts me in the big leagues. I think you, I think you misappropriated that statement to me. Sir. I think it sounds great. Thanks. Thanks. But you know, I haven't heard any other recordings of your voice, so well, really, I don't have a large <laughs> barometer. So you're gonna be super disappointed then when you hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna listen to some other podcasts and then I'll listen to this episode. And be like, whoa! I'm really excited that you came in to do this. Uh, I'm going to uh, pop off the AC. All right. Right. Sure. There. Boom. Hey. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. A well of silence. The sound of silence. <laughs> so, I've, let me just start right off the bat. Uh, you're a comedian on the West Coast. You're, you've done uh, comedy specials for Comedy Now. You've you've been uh, a guest several times on CBC Radio for comedy, different different shows yeah, and stuff. Yeah, for the, the debaters. The debaters. I've that show a couple of times. Yeah, and uh, you, you're... From my point of view, you're one of the the funniest guys just out of the city here right now. Oh, that's um, nice of you to say. Well, I, first time I saw you was uh, there was a show I was invited to by another comedian, Shane Clark, and Shane had had uh, had us out to the Railway Club, and they were doing their first back night room. Do you remember that night? Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't even know that back place existed in you, there. You crushed that night. That was good, man. I, I always, well, it was like I was I was looking around the room. Because I've played Railway a few times before, just as a like a producer musician kind of thing. But um, that back room always makes me think of like the smokiest jazz heroin lounge. Like so many <laughs> totally. guys, it's got that feel, right? Chasing dragons in the corner, <laughs> it's yeah. totally weird. And then they're like, "We should do a comedy show in here." I'm like, "All right, fine, we're gonna yeah, do that." It is weird. It's like uh, you know, it's like your dad's. Or like not your like your friend's weird dad's rec room <laughs> that he like had like you know the guy who's going through something and he, so he builds this bar as baby like right I'm hanging on to my youth <laughs> down here he's like no one's coming to your weird bar can I make you kids a ginger ale <laughs> yeah Come on. That's, he just wants to his weird <laughs> it's bar. like you built this bar to have your kids hang out in it that's really weird he built the bar around the fish that you press the button and it talks. Like yeah, he, the whole it's the centerpiece. <laughs> Billy the Billy the bass. Billy or the bass. Yeah, totally. It's like I got this funny bass, and I was like, I got nowhere to hang it. I better build a whole <laughs> bar just so it has a place. She said it wouldn't look good in the living room, so I'll show her. I'll turn the whole living room into a bar. Now the bass is the king. That's a weird thing that that guys. We were talking off off the episode about how like in marriage, the different things that happen when you get married. Neither of us are married. I'm in a common law relationship. You're in a recent new some pseudo relationship no not uh, no yeah well i don't know yeah maybe. i don't like to put a label on it that's <laughs> no, good okay i'm well, not on trial here hey 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 if there's ladies listening the door is not closed <laughs> <laughs> there's a high heel shoe in there <laughs> uh okay so what i was gonna say is 
there's so many different uh, levels that change in a relationship like that. But one of the weirdest things that happens is when someone gets like isolated to a portion of their house, like the man cave, the yeah. den. I don't think that's like. I've never thought that was a good thing. Like people that are like, yeah, I get this one room. I'm like, what about the rest of the house? You can, you can, you should be able to go anywhere. Yeah, you can't just house. relinquish. That's like a sill. But I, I think it goes back. It's gone back forever, though. I mean, the idea, because like, I lived with a girl in a one bedroom, and that was like a relationship killer. You, it's really hard. <laughs> like anybody who lives with their significant other in a small space, I'm like, I don't know how the hell you do it. Like I've always live by myself and I feel like that really helps with relationships like I don't like to have somebody crap in my style too much <laughs> because it's really bad when you're just like especially if you fight or whatever it's like if, if you live in a bachelor like I know people live in a bachelor suite with their like what do you, you go to the bathroom and close the door and then just stay in there like that's the only place you can go to get away from that's, them that's actually very true or yeah. you're mad and you're just like I'm gonna go over there I'm gonna go to that corner oh yeah cause like in a fight if you if you leave the premises yeah. that's a whole different kind of fight yeah. like if you're like I told you the toothpaste goes over there and just yeah. like freak out and then they're like you know what you know what you're just you're too difficult to handle right now I'm leaving the building yeah. and, and you leave the, the home yeah. if you do that that's a bigger fight than if you're just like look I gotta go upstairs for a bit or I gotta I gotta go yeah I think just sometimes you need your kind of alone time because the other thing is like if you're ever focused on a task and your significant other is there it's a hard thing to not it's like watching a movie with somebody. Like, you want to watch the movie, but if you like the person, you're also going to want to have some kind of, yeah. you know, uh, you, you're, some of your attention is going to be going to that person because they're there. And it's not because of the fact that, uh, you know, it, when you don't do that, you feel weird and not because you're, you don't like them, but it's just like, that's just part of it. Like, so if I'm going to be doing a project or something, like, I could never have somebody just sitting in the room with me while I'm writing. Like, that's just weird because it can't, like, I got to focus on this. I can't. Do you feel like physically their energy... Yeah. Is, is intruding? Yeah, not intruding, but it's just there. I can just it's feel mixing. the presence. So I think that's why it goes, going back to what I was talking about before, is like the, the garage. That's the man, the original man cave was always the, you know, how many people I knew growing up who had just like, you have a garage and there's an old car in there. You're never going <laughs> to fix it. It's just in there for you to go and turn bolts on and just act like you just have something to do to get you away from your wife so you can go outside. That's probably what happens to those old guys is they have these like, because you're like, yeah, like everyone has like, oh, my grandpa or my uncle or whatever. They they have a, they have a couple classic cars and it's like a couple. Yeah. That, that means that they have spent enough time not trying to fix it and then accidentally finishing it. Yeah. They're like, ah, damn it. I'm done. I want to go inside and talk to my wife. I better get another car. Yeah, you're like, ah, yeah, I went out and bought a chassis of uh, a Nazi tank. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll never finish it. I don't know. And then next week, my, my uncle's got this like Nazi tank. Yeah. Wow, he must hate his wife. <laughs> That's how you know how well someone's doing in their relationship is whether or not the cars are done. Like That's if they finish the car, yeah. they do not like their wife. What's under all those tarps? <laughs> Most of the hopes and dreams of my relationship. <laughs> the attention I should have been giving my exactly. loved ones. <laughs> That's what's under there. <laughs> but, uh, you brought up movies earlier, uh, but what was the last film you went to by yourself? I actually have never gone to never? a movie by myself. That's a loser status that uh, I only claimed once. But now, I'm but I watch a lot of movies alone at home. Like I have a pretty big TV, so I kind of yeah. just watch. Like I just never really feel like go- I, I don't know the act of just like going to the theater alone. Even when I'm on the road in like small towns, I'm always like I should just go. But then I just watch Netflix in my hotel room. Why not? Yeah, I mean. It's probably a better selection for the most part anyway. Mm. Unless you're trying to watch Pixar's The Crudes or something in yeah. 3D. Yeah, or oh. something new. Like the problem with Netflix in hotels is it's all super slow internet. So having a, oh, like yeah. that's like the most frustrating <clears throat> thing is when you're watching something and then it just ends. It's like, oh, it's that time of night when all of the truckers in the hotel are downloading porn? Great. It's I guess crazy. I will just not be watching anything anymore. <laughs> well, there's this uh, uh, show I did in January. Uh, we were out of town. And, uh, when I, I checked into the hotel, I was like, you guys have Wi-Fi?" They're like, yeah, I'm like, perfect. Cause, uh, it was like eight hours to get up there. So I thought, well, we just listened to everything I possibly have on, yeah. on this, on this, uh, tablet. So I'm, I'm going to download a bunch of music when I get to the next spot, whatever, not a big problem. Well, I get to the, uh, the hotel and we check in, they say Wi-Fi is fine. Uh, after the show, I sit down and I'm like, oh, that's super sweaty. I'm just going to be done. Let, let's, let's, uh, download a bunch of shit and I'll go to bed. 
the second I'm talking like the second it starts downloading, uh, I get this this pop up on my browser from the name of the hotel, and it yeah. says uh, illegal downloading from the following sites will not be tolerated and will be uh, and is a violation of our terms and services. Oh, give me a break. Was I've, this in America? No, it's in Canada. What? I know. I've never heard. It's of not this. even illegal in Canada. I know. I've never heard of that. <laughs> and then you know what it was? It's like you know they got like some hand job deal from like Shaw or Telus or oh, yeah. Rogers or whatever and they're and they're getting like uh bandwidth caps. Yeah. Just killing them every month. And well it is it is such a conflict of interest for people who sell you television to also provide you with internet. Yeah. Because they always try to call you all the time. And it's so funny to just have to tell them, you know, it's like you have a <laughs> chef that also owns a McDonald's. You have like a personal <laughs> chef in your house and then every once in a while they're like Hey, you want to go out to McDonald's? Like, why? You have, I have everything that they can, you could just do it better. Like, <laughs> the fact that Shaw kept calling me and being like, do you want TV though? I'm like, I have internet from you. Yeah. I don't need it. Because they don't understand. Like, that's another thing too. I, I heard uh, Comcast in the US last year lost uh, like 12 million subscribers last year, which is a, yeah. a, a precedent setting high. Like, never, never before. And in our generation, we're like, yeah, I could have told you that. There's, I watch if I watch TV, there yeah. are six channels tops. Yeah. that I, I will flip through, and the rest of it is just shit. I'm not interested in swamps or pawn shops <laughs> or or fucking uh, actually, watching people fail. That's all. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just TV yeah. where you're just like you get to watch somebody who's not doing as well as you and be like, ah, boy, I really got my shit together. <laughs> this look at this guy, he's an idiot, and it's like, well, yeah. Is, who would have been able to predict, though, that, like, the best stuff on TV would be, like, specialty channel stuff, like uh, HBO, like AMC? Oh, anybody. I mean, you know, stuff. that could have been predicted in the 90s when people understood the uh, the way that shows are made. Because HBO allows people who have never made a show before just do it in their own way. Whereas, like, other right. networks are very much, like, you know, that's why it's always... Everybody's first show that they do is always not... It's always super safe, right? Like, they have to do, like, a really safe show because the network is so heavily involved with what the jokes can be and what the risks they can take. So oftentimes the best thing to do is, like, for somebody who has achieved a little bit of success through something else, then create something on their own where they can back it and they're like, yeah, it's fine. I'll just, if you guys don't want to pay, I'll just (laughs) do what I want to do. And that's why you get, like, you know, Arrest, shows like Arrested Development, things like that, right, where it's right. just creatives who are already successful in other things just kind of doing what they want to do. And, hey, look at that. It's the best. Maybe yeah. somebody would take that model. And, you know, channels have, like HBO and AMC yeah. and stuff, and they get it that that's what you got to do. But, yeah, the, just like the standard way that the networks like pick shows is just like, oh, we tested this with uh, females over the age of 40 in <laughs> got a Q these rating. states, and it's not really hitting, your character's sweater's not really hitting well with this demographic, so we're going to switch to a striped sweater. It's like, this has nothing to do no. with anything. No. Why do you have a job? What? Why do, uh, why do sitcoms, traditional laugh track sitcoms still exist that's my real question i think some of them are funny but which, which yeah. ones are like i'm talking like i mean i mean I know, seinfeld watched... was the last one i saw with with a, a laugh track that i was like that's pretty funny like yeah. have you ever watched have you ever seen uh online someone did like big bang theory without the laugh track have you seen that before no i've seen friends without the laugh track though friends without the laugh track's weird it's like, super it's sad super, yeah it just means it's just ross being sad like everything he says it's just you're like man this guy's a real bummer like it's just a guy with a ton of problems <laughs> and then you kind of just think you're like one of these guys is trying to bang this other guy's sister the whole time. I don't know. This is it just it's a yeah. weird scenario without yeah. the without the crowd being like, oh, "Oh, that's so funny." Yeah, I don't understand why. But I didn't I didn't hate Seinfeld. Like I growing up my parents always kind of hated those types of shows and we we didn't really want to watch. It was weird. Like I knew kids that like weren't allowed to watch the Simpsons, but I was like the opposite. Like that was the only show they wanted us to watch cuz it didn't have a laugh track. Then you were just... you were the equivalent of like one of my best friends growing up cuz my parents at first were like very anti-Simpsons, and I had to be like, yeah, I'm going over to Earl's, I'll see you guys later. And then I like, yeah. go over, and then I go watch it. Yeah. Uh, and then come home with all these jokes. And, and I, that's, the, that, like, yeah. that's the thing about our generation. I feel, I almost feel bad for, like, you know, it's such a hard act to follow. To be in the generation that grew up with The Simpsons and Seinfeld, two of the best 
That was like the apex of half-hour oh, TV yeah. comedy. Yeah. Those two shows were so good. Yeah. And covered so many topics and areas that shows now kind of have to skirt around because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, they did it the best, though. You what, know? What's a show that's in uh, syndication right now that, that is kind of dated? You know, syndication. Yeah. I don't really know. I, like, like I said, I don't really watch a lot of TV, yeah, like, so I, I don't know. I recently, a few episodes, shared that I found out that I have, even though I've canceled TV, like a year ago, found out I still have TV. So, well, yeah, you have the antenna. If you use the antenna, the rabbit ears, well, and a lot of those channels are in HD, which is interesting. Which is pretty crazy. But I mean, like, no, like through the box. Oh, nice. That I may or may not have returned. That's oh. all. <laughs> ah, they'll yeah. charge if you don't return that well, box. Well, apparently, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but I, I'm not, I haven't said who it was. So there's yeah. no, like, yeah, anonymous. <laughs> you haven't said line. which of the two providers it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'd really have to check a lot of notes to figure that out. Yeah. Um, I, I, but uh, yeah, like, I only watched, uh, like, I actually found this out during the Olympics because I was like, ah, I want to watch some of the Olympics, you know, yeah. watch some of the, uh, the beatings. Yeah, like the, some, some of the uh, the Russian beatings. Did you see any of the uh, the Russians? The, not the czars, but the the Czaks or something like the that. Cossacks. Cossacks. That's it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're like the anti-Semites, right? They're like, uh, from what I understand, locally empowered, uh, like militia. That, that but they go government. way. Like Cossacks are like such an old yeah. faction. Like they yeah, were yeah. always. They were always like the military. Uh, I mean, this is a very uh, <laughs> low understanding of what the hell's going on. No, this seems really well thought out. Keep going. But from what I gather, based on the two sources that I kind of paid attention yeah, to, <laughs> that I overheard, <laughs> uh, I I think that the Cossacks were like uh, defenders of the Czar, kind of like right. they were like that. They were like the samurai, kind yeah. of, right? Like they kind of were the fighters, the military group yeah. that was, you know, they trained really hard and they had their own kind of fighting style and they were yeah. really They were like deputies in our in our sense, like like how a police officer could deputize you yeah. to, to go enforce the law yeah. or something like but that. But it's also like a cultural thing. Like it has it something true, to do yeah. with their like like when you're a, like to be of of Cossack blood is like, you know, I you have this fighting kind of intense. Yeah, I was watching this Vice documentary during the Olympics, uh-huh. and uh, so you're more well informed than me. Well, I, I didn't even know the name of them as <laughs> as I brought that. I up read to a you. book once and remember. <laughs> I was I wasn't even. It's actually it. from uh, Goldeneye. That's the that's, that's where how I know you know Cossack really? from James Bond, Goldeneye, which I watched because of the Nintendo 64 game. I never had a real interest in Bond up to that point. Actually, that's me. Same thing. Same and, here too. Uh, I played a ton of multiplayer. One day I was yeah. like, who is this troubling guy? It was the first, <laughs> uh, you know, multiplayer first-person shooter that went big, and then everybody was like, this is okay. Were you a screen watcher? It was the birth of Halo. Were you a screen watcher in multiplayer? Um, No, but everybody else was, so I realized that I had to do it. But I used to use... Uh, the thing with that game, the secret to it, was to use the C buttons to get headshots. Nobody would oh, use yeah. the C buttons to aim up. Oh, yeah. So everybody was just shooting you in the body. <laughs> and if you just picked Odd Job, who was even lower. Oh man, Odd Job that we had a no Odd Job policy. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's no. so cheap. I was always Jaws. Yeah, <laughs> Jaws with the Moonraker laser, one shot headshot, <laughs> done. But that was very scene... specific. Yeah. People that have never played Goldeneye are just like, well, oh, okay, Jaws. With the, Come on, guys, this is just as important to history as Cossacks. <laughs> well, I was watching this documentary, and uh, it was about Pussy Riot. That uh, female punk group that got put in jail. Those, yes. Not even jail. Forced labor concentration camp. Gulags. Gulags for in fucking Siberia. Yeah. Um, they uh, they got released right before, like a month before the Olympics uh, opened. So they did like, of their 23 months or something, they, were, they did like 18 months. So it was oh my God. A bar- barely a, a, a welcome. It was like a token release, essentially. Yeah. So they let them out. And then uh, they said, well, we're going right back on the offensive. We're going to film a video in front of uh, this mural down by the Olympic promenade in Sochi. And uh, they they had gathered, I'm talking maybe 15 seconds before they were just uh, completely swarmed by these Cossacks. And they, they have these, uh, like these, uh, these brown rods that they're holding, but they have leather straps, like dual leather straps at the end of them. And they're just whipping people. They're just what? whipping this girl on the ground. And like a girl. Like, the Cossacks? Like, yeah. There's like, in the video, there's probably like, uh, it was a Vice documentary. Shane Smith did it and stuff. But it was like five 
five or six of these Cossacks just whipping the shit out of this girl on the ground. It was crazy. Man. What? Yeah. So we need samurai to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Who would win between? Who would win between Cossacks and samurai? Yeah. Well, Cossacks kind of developed into a new age. Like the samurai kind of all died out. The story of the samurai is very similar to the story of the Jedi Knights. They were kind of all. <laughs> Uh, disbanded once Japan kind of shifted into the first world and they took their swords away. They they made the swords illegal, couldn't openly wear swords. Same with the way they took away the Jedi's lightsabers. Um, and, you know, Obi-Wan had to hide it and give it to Luke. Guys, this is all very important history. I'm a Decker. You're a smart guy. <laughs> Clearly, you've been on the debaters. You know you know a lot of stuff about history. I'm good at faking it. Are you, uh, are you good at space, then? Um, astronomy? I've never really been... Huge into oh, yeah. it. He just, I love how you just corrected me. But I was like, "Are you into space?" And you're like, "Astronomy." But yeah, I. Uh, just oh, went. that was one of my favorite. <laughs> one of my favorite uh, little overheards that I heard walking down the street the other day was a guy talking to his daughter, and it was like, you know, one of those like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" Conversations. How old was she? Girl was probably like nine. Okay. Maybe eight. And the dude's walking with her, and she goes like, you know, I want to kind of study, like, rocks and stuff. And he's like, ah, meteorology. I'm like, no, that's, that's not, weather. Yeah. Meteorology's weather. <laughs> you're thinking of ge- I wanted to yell, like, you're geology. That's yeah. what you mean? Randy Marsh, yeah. son. <laughs> Man, I, I can't believe uh, some of the weird things I've overheard on the train. Uh I've overheard a lot of people trying to, like, buy blow on the way home on the train. Like, I'll be coming home on the train, and, like, it wouldn't even be, like, uh, like a blow type time like it's not like 158 a.m or something yeah yeah it's, it's like i'm on it's the train 11. At like 11 <laughs> yeah 11 19 p.m and what what call greg call him like they're on the phone yeah and then they do that like really shitty look around like if anyone's listening and then they go yeah tell him tell him to get some of the stuff so, yeah i'll be there i love the code but it's like ugh. we all know what you're talking about no kidding but what if uh we just eliminated drug codes and we're just like, man, do you want to do some marijuana right now? Like, yeah. just, you want to do a marijuana? <laughs> I That was another thing that I loved, too, was when, like, the educators were trying so hard to keep up with the street lingo. So when they <laughs> did the, like, don't do drugs thing in school, they would come and tell you, like, they'd give you the sheet. The cops would come into your school and they'd always do, like, here's the drugs that are... <laughs> And that was always a weird thing for me, too, because I was like, I didn't even know that these drugs were around. Now I know about all of them, and I want to do all of them. I was like, what's mescaline? Yeah. (laughs) All you did was make us aware that they're, like, it's so so weird that that's the idea of just, like, we want to educate them so they know what it is. Yeah, Yeah, so we know what to ask for. And And then they'd give you the street lingo, I guess, so that, like, parents can hear when their kids kids, are talking about it. But it's always, like, the weirdest old... Hmm. lingo from like <laughs> 10 years ago like do you have any zoom bash like that's not a thing no one calls anything zoom bash anymore give me that wacky tobacco <laughs> reefer madness or reefer not even once yeah those uh those ads the one where they uh run over a girl in the drive-thru have you yeah. seen that one that is i think i did i watched a documentary a long time ago called uh grass which was uh i think i've seen grass yeah, and that was cool because when it first came out, my mom uh, let us, or me, I, I guess it was just me, yeah, she, t- she took me out of school for the day to go watch that movie downtown. <laughs> that like, is... And she didn't even come with me. She's like, get on the bus, go downtown, watch that movie. She didn't really take you then. She, yeah. like, she was like, ah, I need to do something else. So yeah. you you go, what now, like, now you're... But re- no, because yeah. if she needed to do something, she could have just left me in school. Like, you know, it was the same. <laughs> and then I got home at like one o'clock. And was like, all right, I guess I have to go to school. Guess I'll smoke weed. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. now I know how to buy it and all the words. Exactly. Uh, Give me Zoom bash. <laughs> I, I have a question for you uh, in a creative sense, if we can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been kind of rambling. You're you're one of, the, like I've mentioned before, you're one of the funniest guys I, I've encountered in uh, the industry. Um, you, you have a very... Uh, the only way I can describe it in a podcast, not a visual medium, but the only way I can describe it is like you deliver this kind of head shake of, uh, well, I guess I'll just, you know, this kind of like, uh, uh, tongue in cheek questioning uh, the, the way you, uh, you approach some of your jokes. And I really, I really like it, but I noticed the first time I saw you, um, the, now that I've seen your set a few times, which is fucking awesome. And it's always different, which is really good. But, uh, the best thing I liked about your first time I saw you is uh, you did like 
at least 10 minutes just straight up improv and this guy that was in the front row he was wearing like he was the only nice dressed guy in the in the whole club do you remember this show i don't remember this at all there was this guy everyone had commented on this nicely dressed guy maybe four comics before you were headlining that night so it was like four comics before you commented on this nice guy and you went up and you're just like this is how low class Vancouver is. Like a guy can't even wear a blazer without being like, like, oh, Mr. Caviar over here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get my crown for you. Like, this is so, I, I thought that was hilarious, and uh, it was so well done. And I had never seen you. I was like, man, that that almost felt like a plant. Have you ever done? That kind of stuff. That's like super hack, right? No, a lot of people do that. They have like they, they don't have plants, but they have like. You know, you can, that, like, just to answer your question, no, it wasn't a plan, and I didn't even remember that I did that, and yeah. it was probably just me <laughs> being honest. And that's why, like, I always kind of have put a lot of emphasis on the fact that it's very important that who you are off stage is who you are on stage, because then when a situation like that happens, and you actually do have an opinion on something, you can approach it from your own personal character. You don't have to, like, write a bit and then go up, and it makes crowd work and improvisation like a lot easier because you're just being yourself and if you're just a generally funny person yeah then it can work out but yeah i mean a lot of people do crowd work based around um things that you're always going to see in the crowd so there'll always be a couple right so you can always be like you could have a bit that starts with ask a guy in the crowd is this your girlfriend and then have there's only three possible responses to that and then or four or whatever and you just write a thing for every possible response. And then you can kind of do that. Like a lot of people write their act with this kind of veiled spontaneity. And so it seems like it's like, oh, this this whole guy's act is off the cuff or whatever. And it kind of like it's 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 great to see once. But right. then when you see it again, you're just kind of like, okay. Yeah, I see. This is not as fun anymore. That's right. Because I kind of see the whole thing. It's a common... I think that where that comes from is when you go on the road and it's a crowd that's not used to seeing a live show and they really want to be involved, like people people in the crowd will like interrupt a, you whenever the hell... Yeah, like a sports feel bar like it. Yeah. So there's a lot of gigs where it's just like, it's just been understood that there's zero respect right. for the comedian. You're this out-of-towner and everybody in the bar knows... There's always, like, the one drunk regular who's the guy. Like, they'll, people will be like, oh, yeah. Like, even the bar staff are like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, that's Kevin. He just heckles everybody that comes through here. I'm like, maybe kick him out. Have you thought of that? Like, oh, he buys a picture every week. I'm like, oh, okay, great. He so ru- oh, be- so you're telling me he ruins every show? And yeah. <laughs> instead of you doing something about it, you're just like, just so you know, he's going to ruin it. I'm going in the back to do cocaine. Like, the, the promoters in... The comedy scene, I, I imagine they're a lot like the music scene. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. So, like, I've run into some really janky promoters over time. That's a word you can write down if you Janky, like. Janky, yeah. that's, uh, that's yo-yo hippity hop for yeah. uh, not on the level. Yeah. Janky promoters. Yeah, we've um, used that on the construction site when it cuts not straight. <laughs> <laughs> that's janky. It's a little janky, the way you cut that drywall. <laughs> uh, can I ask you uh, some of the uh, questions that were submitted? Yeah, please today. do. We can open the floor. Uh, uh, this is your first time listening to Intergalactic Interviews. Uh, we have Ivan Decker here. And uh, as always, I, I open the floor to questions online through social media, through email and whatnot. And I say to them, I say, hey, folks, send us in questions. And uh, they generally send us in uh, some decent ones. Okay. So uh, I took some of the good ones here. And right. uh, they also ask them anonymously, which allows them to pretty much ask anything which is really oh, it's good. like that uh sex ed box in grade seven <laughs> what are vast deference <laughs> which i was like it's supposed to be anonymous and then i decided to like be funny and write like explain what finger banging is and then <laughs> the teacher was like ivan i recognize your handwriting that's not funny and i'm like hey what the hell maybe i needed to know she totally uh, called me out this is uh this one came in via facebook Right. Uh, I, you can't already cover this, but uh, I got to ask it. So uh, it says, Ivan, how does it feel to be named a top comic under 30? Congrats. Oh, well, thank you, whoever wrote that. Uh, feels pretty good. I don't know. It's, it's definitely not something that I uh, expected. I've always, I've never really approached comedy with the idea of making it so important to kind of get to the next level. Like, I'm really happy with what I get to do now, which is I get to do comedy as my job, and I'm super happy about that, and I'm I'm really happy about the people that 
watch me and enjoy it. And uh, so, you know, having something like that happen is is really cool. It's it's great, but it's it's not like uh, like a thing where I'm like, finally, it's about time. <laughs> Man, I'm the best. You know, <laughs> you like have this empty <laughs> shelf that now has like a you know this yeah. accolade on it. Well, I don't know if it was actually. Yeah, it's an imaginary uh, accolade. It yeah. doesn't really. Well, it's no physical thing. Come on. Until I get that mug made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like. Uh, I'd like to uh, ask you this next one, which is pretty good. Uh, this one came in via Facebook and as well. Uh, it says, uh, <laughs> would you rather bang Hillary Clinton in 1995 or Marilyn Monroe in 1955? Marilyn Monroe in 1955, I think, would... Just, I'm not pitching answers to you, but I, I am. Well, that's the standard. I mean, that's kind of a. Uh, that was rigged... when she was in Seven Year Itch and stuff like that. So it would have been like Prime Marilyn. Yeah. 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 Prime Marilyn. Uh, I wonder why the Hillary. I mean, it would be kind of cool to be cave buddies with JFK. That might be kind of a neat <laughs> thing. Eskimo Brothers with JFK. In case JFK. you see him in the afterlife, you can give him a fist bump. <laughs> but I mean, you know, at that point, I'm already a time traveler. So him he, and his he brother? needs to be impressed by me. Yeah, that's right. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty good. Uh, wait I don't a minute. know. I don't know what my answer is, though. Um, no, nah, I wouldn't have to say Marilyn Monroe. I don't know anything about Hillary Clinton. See, I would think that Hillary Clinton in 1995, that would be like an angry hate fuck. Like, she'd be hate fucking you to get yeah, back it's, at Bill. It's, yeah, it's right after the Lewinsky thing. Right? right. So she would be like, oh, I'm going to tear it off, son. Like, she'd go for it. That's what I think. Yeah, maybe. I still think Marilyn Monroe is the right choice. She'd get you to jizz on her dress. She'd be like, huh? Look, I got one too. <laughs> Throws it at him, makes him wear it. <laughs> okay. Uh, question the third. Uh, Ivan, would you rather have $50 million at once or a million dollars for 50 years? Million dollars a year? 50 years, I guess? Yeah. Is that, wait, did that not make sense? Yeah, no, that does. At I'm just, I'm just a, uh, doing yeah. that thing where I ask the question back so I can think of an answer. Oh. Um, <laughs> no problem. I just I need to apply some clarification on this yeah. uh, while I stew. Can about I get it in a sentence? What I want to say? You, yeah. Uh, that's basically just asking, do you think you're a responsible person? That's all that question is. <laughs> Who asked that? Is this my tax this person? Via, is via, an accountant? Via Twitter. <laughs> it's anonymous. This person is probably like thinking of representing me financially. They're like, do you need a financial plan? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah per- $50 million once, of course, because then you can invest it and make money off the interest. See, that's interesting. See, I- And buy like a bunch of Lamborghinis. <laughs> I think like at, on, on the face value, I would, I would have to agree with you. But then like now that I'm thinking about it, I think if you got $50 million right at once- First of all, the tax on that would be fucking psycho, right? Well, I'm not going to declare it. Who's giving me 50 mil that I'm going <laughs> to... Well, wait a minute. Wait a more, more than that, though. If you just get a million dollars right now in, in 2014, someone yeah. would say, look, I know you got a million dollars now. That's not like the craziest amount of money, but it is a million dollars. It's more than most people yeah, have. Yeah, I guess it's easier to like kind of hide a million dollars. That's what I'm saying. So for 50 years, and then you could make moves... Well, who knows if I'm going to live for another 50 years, you know? <laughs> you still get it. Especially still, not if I'm getting a million a year. That's, I mean, you still get it. It still goes to your account. It goes to my ass, my uh, my assets. Your estate. My estate. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Do you have for. a cat or a dog or something? No. Nope. I guess I could leave it to my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go here. Uh, this is via Twitter. Question the fourth. Ivan, who is the nicest person in the scene? Me. <laughs> Ivan's the nicest person in the scene, clearly. It doesn't even say uh, present company excluded, so yeah, it could what be What scene? <laughs> the I comedy guess, scene, I guess? I would imagine they're referring to the comedy scene. Yeah, totally Industry me. person. Yeah, why not, right? I'm super nice. I agree with that. So far in this episode, you've been <laughs> the nicest. <laughs> it's a weird scene, though. I mean, stand-up comedy is, is uh, rife with mental illness and a lot of people with social <laughs> issues. So, uh, it's, it always varies, you know, it's funny because a lot of people have their off days where they're kind of mad or whatever. And it's, yeah, I think everybody kind of has sort of some weird social stuff, but, uh, well, music has like a really weird problem with, uh, ego being 
just as much the problem. Yeah, uh, it's a big thing. A lot of people put too much emphasis on, um, and it's kind of been that way. But it's also the fuel. Like, it's weird. It's like if you don't have it, you, yeah. you, you get lost in it's the It's part shuffle. of stand-up, too. You kind of have, and it's as part of, you know, if you're too humble, people aren't going to, be- like, if, if everybody that tells you you're great, like, it's when you walk off stage and people are like, great set, and then, you know, there's always the comedians like, really? Nah, I didn't think it was that good. That fan is now going to be like, eh, this guy has no confidence himself. Why would I support him? But if someone goes like, hey, right. your show is great, and you're like, yeah, thanks. It's uh, Yeah, learning how to accept a compliment is, like, one of the most difficult it's things. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. It, and I always have, like, the sort of canned response. But I, I am sincere when I say, like, oh, thanks a lot. I'm really glad that you liked it and took the time to talk to me. Like, that's yeah. a big, it's a big thing. You know, and it's always weird. People don't know what to say or how to approach a comedian after a show. And Well, do you connect with your audience really well, in your own opinion? Uh, yeah, I think people feel, like, because I have people, I always try to write jokes that are... Like, off stage. Like, I mean, like, yeah, do, do you connect, like, online and or in person? Oh, yeah, like, if anybody ever sends me a, a message personally, like, on Facebook to say, like, oh, yeah, I, thought, I saw your show the other night, it was really good. I'm always like, yeah, thanks a lot, I really appreciate right. you taking the time. Because it is, it's a big deal for somebody to to reach out and to do that. So, I mean, it's, uh, I really appreciate it. And I try to connect, but I don't know where the level is, you know, like, what do I do? Like, do I go like, after that? Yeah. Do we hang out now or what's, <laughs> what's going to happen? You know, you say thanks. So I kind of say, yeah, I, I go like, you know, thanks a lot. If you want to come see another show, uh, yeah. let me know and I can do what I can to kind of get you tickets. Or if you ever have a f- free time and you want to see a show ask me i can tell you where I'm there's so be many the people scribbling down exactly yeah how and it's it really hard to do like event like the event invites is just broken on facebook because everybody's oh, getting yeah. spammed with 40 event invites a day especially when they're some... not even events when oh. there's just like hey uh, a video is dropping i lost my phone give me your numbers <laughs> uh, you lose your phone every month stop it <laughs> stop inviting me lose yeah my, lose my number yeah don't. you don't get my you don't get me to be in your phone anymore this is the fifth question. This is uh, the last one from the listeners. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ivan, I suck at having my own opinions. What kind of music should I listen to in order to attract the ladies? What kind of music should you listen to to attract the ladies? Yeah, this came in via email to me. Ladies? Yeah. Drake. <laughs> listen to Drake? That'll get the That's ladies? That's your answer. Right Drake's there? latest album. Just it was it was and nothing was the same. That's what it was, I think. Yeah. So you just listen to nothing was the same, and eventually, ladies, it will just be like, "What's that bass?" Yeah. So you just put that on when they come over. <laughs> it's it is very important to kind of have like a playlist. Uh, I I put on a lot of like, and this is probably bad, but like if I have a girl over, I'll put on like, uh, just instrumental. Oh yeah. Stuff. Sometimes like, like, like what kind of instrumental smooth uh, electronic or jazz like <laughs> <laughs> something like that something I'm really just, mellow. I just got this like visual of you just like quagmiring to the corner and just be like hey and like turning on this smooth oh, no, I do it jazz. via the remote on my phone from the hallway so oh. it's already playing when we get into the apartment lights dim no. yeah yeah I got a button a hot tub <laughs> comes out of the floor. You, so you sounds like you have a pretty ball in place. No, it's I not. It's, it's, it's all a lie. I live in like <laughs> the tiniest apartment in the world. But it's all I need. I just write in there. But you live in the hustling, bustling Vancouver. I do. I live in, uh, well, east of Gastown. Yeah, why don't, you, why don't you tell them your exact address? Either? Yeah, come on over, guys. <laughs> You'll see me in the neighborhood. That was good. That person is probably going to be sorted out. First of all, they suck at... They, I, I don't know. I just want to say the paradox in that they're confident enough to declare that they suck at something. Yeah, they suck at having their own opinion. But then they ask something. Music is hard now, though, I've found, because, you know, it's kind of like... Let me tell you about it. Where do you go to get the to get new songs, to get new stuff? Like, I always... I'm amazed how not often I get new music in my life. Because, yeah. you know, the there's a lot of stuff where, like... They have all these internet radio stations where you can go and it'll be like, oh, if you like this, you'll like this. But the problem is, is it's just people have paid them to say, if you like this, you'll like this. So then, right. you know, it's... Well, payola has always been like a huge part of the industry. Like, yeah. uh, there, there's this old story uh, back back in the 50s uh, when, when radio was like really getting crazy with rock and roll and whatnot. And uh, they used to get these, uh, the singles... Uh, for for a vinyl single, but they used to come in these sleeves, these white sleeves, and then they'd be the white label sleeve. That's what they called. And uh, they'd get the sleeve, so they get the copy for the label, and then sometimes the DJ would get their own copy, 
just for when they play anywhere else or whatever. Because a lot of time they'd be ferried around to different radio stations. Yeah. So you get the, the white label sleeve that you see in vinyl sometimes. And uh, they would say, oh, yeah, is this a hit record? And they'd slide the envelope back and forth in the vinyl. And they could hear the envelope sliding with all the money back and forth. And they go like, yeah, sounds like a hit record. And that's how they used to do it back in the like they they just stuff vinyls with money like the the sides of the vinyls. Oh. And so these payola schemes have been going on for a long time, like in the nineties. Um, so for I people better say to allegedly, just, yeah. People just to create, yeah, because I mean it is it is interesting when you see people that are that get big and you're like, oh, it's all manufactured. Like right. Rebecca Black was the greatest sort of example of that crazy right? kind of backfiring, but not really. Like I don't know. If it was intentional, if it was accidental, then great. But yeah, just how, because like her, where that video came from, from my understanding, was like a company that you can just take your teenager yeah. and give them a bunch of money. Yeah, they have like a they'll... bar mitzvah special. Yeah, and you can like spend all your bar mitzvah money down at the at the like the local yeah, producer. Yeah, we'll do a music video for you, and they'll and... hire a fake usher to come jump in the car. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get that a was, token black guy to be in the front seat and be like, "Yeah, girls, where are we going tonight?" That guy is the be- first of all the creepy vibe of that guy being like, "I better pick up these thirteen-year-olds." Yeah, like, yeah, of course. Weird, weird situation. Um, I have a question about uh, uh, more creative stuff. If that's sure. Cool. Um, when uh, when you find yourself going to the well, your own well of creativity, your own mm-hmm. personal well, the lab, the lab. And, That's and where I dr- write my jokes. <laughs> and you're drawing from it. And you have all these uh, ideas swimming around, and when you're putting them down, uh, like, oh, this might work with this, and you're, you're segueing, you're building your transitions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you stay focused on on working uh, day-to-day? How, how do you keep doing it, you know? Um, like, I've been producing, like, uh, 11 years next month, and uh, things have been going pretty rad. This has been my best year by far, like signing with Amp Records, and things are really good. But at the same time, 11 years in, focus is like starting to get blurry a little bit in some points. Yeah, trying to self-motivate when you're alone, it's, you know, it's really difficult. Self-discipline is such a hard thing to have. Right. And so for me, I always just have to make a point of removing any kind of distractions or just kind of saying to myself like, oh, this is going to be the time that I spend on this and if I if I'm gonna write I will make it so that like I'm gonna write for this hour and even though I'm doing it on like even on a computer it's so hard to just not you're one click away from just being oh I better check Twitter like that you have to not do that so I even like will go as far as like because I work on Evernote, which is a... Oh, I use Evernote. Yeah, and it sort of Super syncs with my smart. phone, so when I'm out yeah. at shows, I can check on lines that I've written and yeah. stuff. But I have to pull that tab out of the browser. I can't even have tabbed, like, looking oh, at the no, top. Oh, no, no. I'll pull that and have its own window, and everything else is minimized. There's nothing else open. That's and how you got to do it. I'll work on that alone. And, yeah, just having to make sure that it's the only thing that I'm kind of focused on, and I don't allow myself to be pulled away but it's really hard. You know, it's hard to, to... And you can do, like... I've tried different methods of, like... Uh, there's the 90-20, where you go, like, you 90 minutes of work, 20-minute break, 90 minutes of work, 20-minute break. Interesting ratio. Stuff like that. That's interesting. Um, or just find a ratio that works for you, you know? And... Uh, but the other thing is, like, forcing myself to leave the house is also a big one. I don't know why, but for some reason... When I wake up in the morning and I go out to yeah. get coffee or breakfast or whatever right then when i come home it's like i'm coming to work so it's this weird like interesting because if you just get up and you're in your sweatpants and you just your computer's right over there you can just get up and walk over there and then it's but then it's like you really don't feel like you've actually started a day or anything mm-hmm. so I, I like i'll work out in the morning sometimes i'll do that i'll get up and i'll force myself to just like get up go to the gym and then when i come home i, I can shower tell. i can tell yeah i know it's uh, it's not very often that it happens <laughs> um I'd like it to be more often, but it's hard, guys. Uh, and it, yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, it's a thing where like you I've, get ready and then yeah, like I, I know what you mean. Like, but that's weird that uh, well, I shouldn't say weird. It's it's a unique uh, view that I, I haven't heard that yet. That like leaving the house and then coming back, seeing as you work from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that is that how you do it too? You, you write everything? Is is? I'll like most of my creative 
development of material and stuff mm-hmm. happens on stage. So I will go out to shows where I'm going to do like an open mic. Right. And when I'm just working out material, at that point, sometimes I don't even write it at all. I'll just come up with an idea of like, okay, I want to talk about this. And then I'll I'll bring it up on stage and I'll kind of riff on it. And I'll pay attention to the parts of it that people laugh at. Like, mm-hmm. Is there any weight in that little statement or is this kind of opinion? Do people get on board? Or I, you know, sort of notice how the audience reacts to it. And then pick the best parts of that. So whatever people laughed at the most, that kind of becomes the joke. So when I write a joke, it's always like way longer than it will end up being. Because I go off on so many tangents and just kind of talk about anything that I can think of in the realm of what I've brought up. And different tags, different kind of opinions, angles on what it is. Yeah. And then eventually cut it down to just the funny parts that people laughed at. Well, it comes across very polished. That's one thing I, I can say, commenting on your own delivery, is that you have a very, very polished uh, performance in, in that it seems that way. But as you're saying, you work out a lot of material. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard, too, because I don't want it to seem over-rehearsed. You no, know? and that, that's, that's that's certainly not what I mean. Yeah. Uh, just to clear what I mean. I, I mean, like, uh, you, have, you have this, like, uh, the only way I can put it is, like, in you know, music terms. It's like when you, you watch a band and you're like, that's that's how that's supposed to be. Like that's how that sounds. Do you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, that, like, yeah. Like when you're up there, I'm like, oh, that's. that's I think because I've always it, you know? been really kind of, I like building stuff and I like moving stuff around. So for me, the editing of a bit is really really fun. I love the the process of taking something and like just moving. Like okay, I'll take this little word out and see if I can get that much closer to the punchline. What happens if I say? If I go up at the end, right. when I do the punchline. So I'm always out trying out these sort of little tiny different changes that I can make little to the joke just to get it yeah. exactly where it needs to be and to be perfect. And that kind of really makes a fun project for me. So every time that I, and when I do get it to the point where it works well, I'm like, you know, it's something you can be proud of because you built it. It's totally. just this little thing that you created. And now it's a thing that you get to present as like, see this look at this thing I built yeah. over the course of this well, time. Well, that's what I've always liked about producing is that with music, like all the, all the clients I've ever worked with and stuff is like this past weekend on Saturday, actually right before we got on the phone and we sorted it out today, um, uh, I was working and, and at the studio and uh, it was about five or six hours into the session. We had just finished a bunch of rough takes and then sit back and you listen to the takes after it's all done the, the first listen to all the way through and and i'm just like isn't it like a beautiful thing like five hours ago this didn't even exist in the universe yeah right like like that and it's like one of one like your own comedy there's only one ivan decker there's only one way to deliver that joke even if someone copied your bits word for word yeah. it's still not you it's not delivered yeah like and you. having your own personality in your material is such an important thing and it prevents that from happening people stealing your bits you know because it has to be delivered sort of in your own way and I've I've always tried to insert a lot of that into myself and I guess maybe going back to like what I was saying about writing earlier most of it is just going on in my head like a lot of what I know uh, like I'm just always thinking about it so then I'll just be like randomly doing something throughout the day and then I'll just get, like, I'll be in the shower and I'll be like, that, that's the line. That's how that joke needs to yeah. end. And then I have to, like, you know, remember that so that when I get out of the shower, I can write it down and sort of try it out that night. And then it's exciting because you... Did you see the uh, chaos that happened at the last show where we actually, we were talking after the show? Did you see what happened prior to your set? No, I was, was I was at Dino's. another show and I had to ride my Vespa 45 minutes it was, oh, from yeah. New West. <laughs> so I, when I got there, like I couldn't even feel my legs because it was oh, so cold. Dude, <laughs> uh, it was during uh, Dino set. Dino Archie uh, was uh, performing, and uh, uh, p- people that don't know what we're talking about, there's uh, this new comedy venue, uh, yeah, or as it's trying to be, uh, yeah. Colony uh, in Vancouver, and. Uh, it's like a bar, like a sports bar pub kind of thing. And uh, uh, it's like the setup is kind of weird. Like, the, first of all, because it was their first night, I just want to point out these are the things I noticed right away that, that don't work for a comedy no club. No, yeah, no lighting of what to speak of for the stage, which is really, really important. We were talking about lighting just for the podcast here. It's like it's yeah. important to focus in. Um, so there's no spotlight lighting. There was no security posted at a bar. First of all, but there's no security to go around until people shut the fuck up. And three, there's like no signs anywhere that were like, hey, you'll be kicked out 
if you keep fucking talking. That's that kind, of, kind of the norm, though. Like, those second two that you named are so rare in comedy that it's something that every comedian just kind of has to sort of deal with. But, uh, I mean, to an extent. It should be there, right? but it is, it is kind of one of my kind of, like, wishes is I wish that stand-up comedy didn't have to be an art form where it is actually an aspiration to perform for a group of people that want comedy. That's interesting. That's what's that's really uh that's a it's a good unique way to put that. I've never even thought about it like that. Like most of the time you perform for people they're like, "What? All right, fine. We'll see." Like that's so weird that people Th- yeah. are all they have that attitude of like, "Yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to like this." Maybe. <laughs> like it takes so long to actually get to a point where you can perform for people that are excited about what you're doing. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, how how long have you been doing comedy now? Uh almost 9 years. 9 years. Yeah. Did you did or more you, than nine years, almost ten. It'll be ten in November. Ten years, yeah. Yeah. Look at us, getting those uh, those uh, belt notches, milestones, milestones. Sorry, you were talking about the show. I, I uh, oh, uh, interrupted. Well, your here's story. like okay, uh, it's just a, for me, people, my listeners, they would know that this is par for the course. But for for you, since you weren't there, I'm gonna yeah. tell you this, and yeah. I'll, I'll let you I'll let you judge it as is. Okay, uh, the table that was sitting directly adjacent to my table was like a booth. Yeah, and uh, they had like nine people in this booth. They Most were, of which have their backs to the stage. Yeah, and they and they were seated before we got there, and I was in a group of four, and uh, uh, which was like two girls, two guys, and uh, they they are in their crowd of like five dudes and four girls or whatever, and they're just talking the whole show. Uh, Sonny Dollywall, uh, was a good guy, good mutual friend of ours. He was emceeing the night and he was hosting. And, uh, you know, like, like when Sonny was on here a couple weeks ago, he talks about like, it's important to have an MC who can like set the, the tone and the stage and be like, Hey guys, if you're going to talk, please get out of here or shut the fuck up or whatever. And yeah. as politely as possible and like kind of take the shots for people. So when the comedians go up and do their set, it's right. Like that's, that's the name of the game. Well, after being shushed this table, being shushed by, uh, another table, like a like a just a hard like, like yeah. one of those sushes, and then uh, Sunny being like, "Hey, hey, hey, just over here." I can hear you talking. Drunk yeah, university girls that no one's told no to ever. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and uh, so meanwhile, she's this is how she's talking. The girl who's the loudest at that table is just like, "I got it, and I no, I saw." I saw and no, <laughs> oh, like God. that, and I can just hear that. And meanwhile, uh, Dino's up, and I think Dino's like third guy because Kyle Kyle Bottom was, was up there, and then, uh, but anyway, like so, Dino's up there doing his thing. He's funny. I'm invested in the show because, uh, like, like I know if, if you guys on the show, and I, I, yeah. I wanted to like obviously pay attention, and um, it and it mind you, it was the first show at this venue, and it was free. So I was like, these guys need That's to a big enjoy- problem. Let's let's have a good show. I thought, you know, having a free show is a big deal. It's a big deal. So uh, this girl over here keeps talking. So after already being shushed and then told by shush by Sunny during Dino's set, I was just like, would you shut the fuck up like that? And yeah. uh, uh, she gave me this. <gasps> Like I had never. But wait, I'm pretty. Yeah. She, well, That's she not was like, supposed to happen to me, dude. It was like so. It was first of all, it was during just the quiet part of Dino's shit, and I wasn't trying to heck yeah. like, yeah, I'm not trying to interrupt Dino. I'm trying to save the the yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, shut the fuck up, right? Dino goes, oh man, oh he goes, that was powerful. That was good. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. And he's like trying to like, now he's trying to address it. And I'm like, all right, so here you go. Address yeah, because you kind of have to. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, okay, address it. So then she starts going, this, just, this guy just told me to shut the fuck up, and I don't think I should fuck. Like, and and then, uh, so I, in a very campy way, because uh, it's not my first rodeo with shows and stuff, I, res- I start talking over her in baritone, and I start just yeah. going like, I'm like, well, I'm just told her to shut the fuck up so we can all enjoy the show. Like yeah. that. And like the woo, 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 woo. And literally the applause break, whatever. Uh, Dino's like, yeah, thanks. He's like, thanks, man. He's like, that was powerful, but then she ruined it. I was going to say something, but she ruined it. So it's all yeah. this. And then, uh, uh, so anyway, she's like brooding. And I'm like, this has got to be it, right? That's yeah. That's got to be the end of the story. 
No. No way. They think no. people take that to heart and they'll think about it for like 40 minutes. Oh, dude. She sat there brooding the whole time. And maybe five minutes later, so Dino's still on stage. This guy comes over from that table and he's like looking like the wolf of Wall Street. He's all suited up. And he clearly walks over. and Trust he, fund, uh, white knight, trust fund man. No kidding. And Kitsilano. No yeah. kidding. Total white knight. Comes over here, tugs my sleeve of my shoulder and goes, excuse, excuse me, hey, can I talk to you outside? And I, uh. I just, I turned, I turned 10 degrees to the right. And I was just like, not a single possible chance. Go sit back down. There's no way that's going to happen. I'm watching the show. And he goes, so you're not going to talk to me? You're not going to talk to me outside? I was like, man, go sit down. And so now Dino's watching this again. During his set, I feel like this is so disrespectful. I'm trying to like put yeah. it to rest. This this guy then turns to my uh, my companion and he says uh, says to him, he goes, "Okay, well, can I talk to you outside?" And then and then he's less cordial than me, so he's like, "Sit the fuck down, buddy," or blah blah blah. So now Dino's like, yeah. "Is there gonna be a fight?" Is there going to be a fight? And he parlayed it into being like, well, let me tell you the first time I almost uh, I yeah, fought a Canadian. Yeah, fight bit. Yeah, that, which is, you know, it was a really funny bit. He does, Great bit. Totally, he, man, and that's where we're talking about, like, plants. Hmm, was that like, but it was not at no, all. No, you just kind of have to know, and that's the thing about having a, a piece of, like, your ability to transition between jokes is something that kind of just becomes ingrained, so that mm-hmm. when something happens, you're always kind of being like, okay, well, how can I spin this into a, piece of material because that's kind of what you do with crowd work too like when you're talking to somebody in the crowd and you're like oh it's your birthday what you get for your birthday anything cool all right the club makes me do this i don't know why this is dumb you guys just want to drink together i like, just want to send an announcement out to table 21 yeah yeah you guys are enjoying your 33rd anniversary Enjoy. when the table like gets shots <laughs> i was doing a show on saturday night at a club that will i will not name but uh they had a like a table got shots brought to them because it's a birthday, and in the middle of the headliner set, oh. they all just stop paying attention to the show to be like, "Woo, shots are here! You do it? No, you do it first. <laughs> you do the shot. <laughs> all right, guys, shots time!" And we're like, "There's still a show happening. What's just because so... your shots came? Everything just turns off to wait for you." There's got to be a better way to get drinks at a comedy club, like like an actual comedy venue, not well. No, anything. there's just a, you just have to not be like. A dick about it, you know, like just like the comedy mix does a really good job because they bring it quietly. The waitresses crouch down, though. That's what I was gonna say. Like they have like almost like they're like hiring. ninjas. You yeah, don't even notice Hobbit ninjas because they like they're, they're always crouching. Like yeah. they, I, I always look to the right and they're like, "Hey, what's up? Did you ring?" I'm like, "What yeah. ring?" Because yeah, no they got the little lights on the yeah, table yeah, you can yeah. light up, and uh, it's uh, it's really well done. And it's it's hard for some places don't do that, and some places there is no. Uh, service so they got to go to the bar and that's always a tough one because you have like a bar lineup near the stage that everybody's like waiting in and talking loud oh god and that's always uh sort of a weird situation it is kind of hard to yeah like how do you get drinks and you know what it is is it comes from bc's stupid liquor laws where you can't have a certain amount of alcohol on the table because in alberta they'll just be like hey all the drinks you want during the show order them now and so people will just have like five rum and cokes on their table yeah and then there's your drinks for the show I don't know why that's not allowed here they like, also have like I don't know if there's this uh, place in Edmonton I, I got drunk once and it was like uh penny beers yeah for an hour oh my and I was, God. I was like a penny beer and yeah. of course it you can taste the savings clearly yeah but uh it was you can uh, taste the tap water yeah <laughs> it was it was pretty fucked up but you know what else is fucked up is uh, everyone's favorite segment on this podcast, which is a little segment we like to call Too Offensive. Too Offensive. <sighs> yeah. I added to the song. Is that allowed? That's actually everyone who comes in adds to it. My brother G-Tone added that <sighs> to it. He's a punk baser. I don't know if you know that. Hey, uh, should we? Oh, yeah. And uh, the first time Quasi was on the show, we did Too Offensive. And uh, he he actually thought it was like, too offensive like t-w-o offensive too like you have to be double offensive yeah or 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 two questions so now there's two questions okay so it kind of like it's, it's growing it's a i'd rather not like like your relationships i'd rather not label it it is what it is <laughs> um here's what we're gonna do we're gonna do this uh the the easier one first and then we'll do well there'll be a softball first and okay. then we'll give you a uh, you know a knuckleball a Got heater. It. Let's throw the heat. All right. <laughs> okay, give me a second. Uh, 
One, this is uh, too offensive. These are questions? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And am I supposed to be offensive in my answer, or the questions are offensive? <laughs> well, you know what? Here I am about to play this game with you. I've never even explained how to play. Okay. Uh, so these questions are in a segment called Too Offensive, and you, Ivan Decker, are allowed to answer Too Offensive in lieu of an actual answer if you feel so obliged, which gives the listeners an idea that there's something to be said there, but you're not comfortable saying it. Okay. I'm kind of comfortable saying everything. I say that now, but we'll hear what the questions are. (laughs) I'm just like, Joseph Stalin is sucking a dick. You are listening. No, no. Okay, here we go. Uh, Question the first. Complete this sentence. The world will be way better off without blank. Lawyers. Interesting. Why? Because there's just so much bullshit that surrounds... I just want to make sure that everyone knows this episode is brought to you in part by Epstein and Epstein. <laughs> and uh, we Epstein and Epstein. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two we, brothers. We uh, by no means agree with these. No, just kidding. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I just think that it's... Uh, like, if we could reset, if you could rebuild the world... Right. People suing each other kind of really put too much bullshit in the way of, like, insurance and licensing. Like, all that crap kind of got wound up in the law when... I mean, obviously, you don't want to go back to the idea of, like, there's a king, and you go to the <laughs> king, and you're like, like are you he making stole a case? my horse! And the king gets to be like, yeah. eh... I don't like your face. Kill that guy. Like, I'm, obviously, we need to be more reasonable than that. Yeah. But there's just so much, like, little shit with who's to blame for this <laughs> that, I don't know, everything kind of... Ivan, you were making a... It almost sounded like you were making a case for feudalism there. But, uh... I'm you know, not. I, I can understand. Not entirely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not entirely. still feel like the best political system is uh, Starfleet. <laughs> <clears throat> That's the best one. Of course, it's in San Francisco, so you have to deal with high prices. It's fine. Yeah. It is what it is. But, I mean, we're in Vancouver. What the fuck do we know? Okay. Uh, question the second. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. That was a softball. That was easy. Lawyers? Yeah, it wasn't, that wasn't funny Everyone's going to be like, meh, lawyers. Yeah, lawyers. Meh. What a hacky response. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, has anyone ever uh, got a prostate exam? Blah, blah, blah. Like, so, so hacky. Okay. Yeah. Like, Shopping carts, wobbly wheel. <laughs> My girlfriend uses a lot of shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> question the second. An Asian baby and a brown baby are drowning at the same time, but are on opposite ends of a dock. You can only rescue one. Which one would you rescue? Be careful. You may be racist if you answer incorrectly. Which one do I rescue? (laughs) On a dock? How long is the dock? (laughs) Long enough that you can only rescue one, it says. Opposite ends of a dock. Yeah. This is a weird visual to think of. I know. It's like a T-shaped dock, I'm guessing. (laughs) Somebody built the worst duck. Uh, neither. I rescue neither. Wow. They're a baby. I'm not going to get there in time. Unless I'm standing right next to one of them. It's neither. There's neither. no way. I can't even swim. So that I would just, just been That like, just makes no. it a, a great... It's basically the question is like, what color dead baby do you want to see? Because <laughs> oh, they're going to be dead when I get there. They're a baby. And that's... that's no other way to end this segment other than <laughs> too offensive. <sighs> Thank you. Ivan, that was great. Yeah, no that worries. Uh, Ivan Decker, if people want to follow you online, they can follow you on Twitter at... At Ivan Decker. And your website is... IvanDecker.com. Man, look at this guy. He's all branded. And... Uh, uh, yeah, not well. I made that website on a uh, Apple... <laughs> like seven years ago. <laughs> and you'll be doing a uh, taping of the debaters yes. on CBC Radio, correct? Yeah, on uh, April 12th. April 12th. I will be in Winnipeg. Actually, you know what? Apparently you might be incorrect, Ivan Decker. Oh, really? Is it the 13th? <laughs> my, my notes tell me you'll be there on the 13th. Okay. Well, I think there's two tapings, one on the 12th and one on the 13th. My contract says begins the 12th and ends the 13th. <laughs> I think that's when they get rights to that venue. That's that might probably be it. why, yeah. So in case I have to call you in. Yeah. But this says you'll be there Sunday, April 13th, 2014. Whenever I'm at a festival, I just kind of let somebody tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm drunk the, the whole time. Yeah, the, the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, April 13th, 2014, and it'll be at the Canadins. Yeah. 
I got drunk there several times. I saw AFI there, I think, like... Oh, nice. Like 2004 or something nice. like that. I'm also to- doing a TV taping there as part of The Bro Show. Oh, which shit. Which is like a TV gala where uh, a bunch of comedians do like 10-minute sets that are taped for TV. That's good stuff. And that's on the 11th. So, I don't know. I'll be in Winnipeg for four days. Four days? Don't yeah. get caught up in the North End. Yeah, I know. Well, they don't even let you walk from the hotel to the theater, which is two blocks away. They're like, you get in the van, you're going to get stabbed. Yeah, well, it's it's rough. It's, uh, it's like, I'm from Kenora, right? And it's like two hours from there. And uh, every time we go to the city, I'd be like, it's the big city. But now I'm like, now I'm just like, wow, it's the city where people go to fight. Like, there's, yeah. there's no, I don't know, it's hard to explain to, yeah. to most folks that haven't experienced A it. A comic that I used to do... Uh, I used to watch a lot when I started out, had a joke about Manitoba and how the license plates say friendly, like <laughs> friendly Manitoba, even though it's the murder and arson capital of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're smiling while they do it. That's why. Yeah. Uh, Ivan Decker, it's always a goddamn pleasure to have you over here. Thanks yeah. for coming on the Thank show. Thank you for having should me. We, should we pseudo shake? There you go. Audio the, handshake. They audio. don't know. Theater they of the know. Mind. They you know. guys should have seen that handshake. It was the greatest <laughs> and not awkward at all. Uh, we're going to go ahead and play a song if I can find it and download it by the time I throw this on here. But uh, this is, uh, we always end the show with music. Sweet. People want to follow me. They can follow me at MD underscore Boomsday on Twitter. Or you can email me your guest questions or your thoughts or your hate, especially if you hate Ivan Decker's delivery. Yeah, I want to I want to hear about the hate yeah <laughs> if you want to hit us up uh you can go ahead and email me at uh you can, jamie i have to ask you i was about to ask you my email stupid jamie j-a-y-m-e at amprecordsco.com and uh we're just gonna go into some music right now this is how to freak out responsibly by uh the bins these guys are on not your buddy shout out to not your buddy uh they're good friends with Shockload and a bunch of other bands we know so ladies and gentlemen thanks for listening ivan decker say goodbye uh See you next time, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I've been part of the show now forever. Okay, we'll see you guys later. Bye. <laughs> I can't remember the last time you recognized yourself. It's not the way it used to be. I live to live to guess the only way to watch this table. Tell your brother, tell your sister, tell your mom and what he's missing. No outside, no way out, no watching this. Same thing. I think that's an unforgivable day.